This is Mortgage Lending Mastery. Get the knowledge you need from America's Mortgage Mentor. With more than 30 years of experience and over $1 billion in lifetime fundings, you'll learn to take your mortgage practice to new heights. Certified Mortgage Planner and CEO of KineticSparkConsulting.com. Here is Jennifer Duplessis. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to Mortgage Lending Mastery. I'm your host, Jen Duplessis. And, uh, you know, one of the, the best things about what I do as a podcast host is have the ability to meet so many great people that I think, gosh, this is perfect for us to bring some, some person, any individual onto our podcast to be able to share more information to help you um, with your business. And so not too long ago, I was on another podcast and I was a panelist. There were two of us and me and a gentleman by the name of Aaron Hendon. And it was so fun that I decided to invite Aaron onto our show. So Aaron, welcome. Thanks, Jennifer. It was, it was a blast. I'm delighted to, uh, you know, be on your show and, and work with your uh, audience and, uh, you know, see what kind of see what kind of fun we can have. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun. Um, so everybody, just yeah. kind of uh, you know, sit back and listen listen in because you're gonna get some really great data. So I want to share a little bit about Aaron, and, and of course, Aaron, I, I'd like for you to share more about you. But um, you know, in a nutshell, Aaron is a uh, real estate agent in uh, Seattle, Washington, and he is in the midst right now of writing a book called Real Estate Blind Spots. And so we've had um, some great camaraderie since I'm writing my book and he's writing his, just sort, sort of sharing our ideas back and forth. But, and that's why I brought him on. We're going to talk about real estate blind spots today. But before we do, Aaron, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and, and how, how you got to where you are now and why the book? Yeah, great, Jennifer. Thanks. Let's see. So I've, you know, uh, I was born in a small town. No, uh, I've, uh, I've been a realtor for about five years. I was investing in real estate before that. Uh, I've uh, worked in sales for many years in a lot of different capacities, uh, and uh, I got to real estate because at one point I was selling credit repair services over the phone, cold calling people, and one of the uh, people that I thought about calling, you know, they would give me leads, but I'm sort of entrepreneurial by nature, and uh, thought, oh, who could I call that would have a lot of people that need credit repair services? Oh, I should call my friends that are realtors. And you know, everyone has, <laughs> yeah. everyone knows realtors. So I started calling the realtors that I know and told them what I was doing and that I could offer these services. And that was great. And uh, to the one, they said something to the effect of, hey, man, if you're doing 100 dials a day, you should be in real estate because I don't know what they're paying you there, but you'll make a lot more money in real estate if you just did 100 dials a day. And, uh, you know, a couple of years later, uh, I took them up on it. I thought, all right, well, let's go make the leap. And uh, I did and uh, never looked back. I just have been... Uh, so grateful for the opportunity to help people in the most expensive, significant purchase of their life or sale either way, um, you yeah. know, to be a trusted advisor in that capacity. It's just inspiring. It's really moving to me. So I've been grateful for that opportunity. And I love it. It's entrepreneurial. It's fun. It makes a difference. It's just great. That's awesome. So, so what brought you to the point then for uh, writing the book? Oh, yeah, the book. Right, the book. Um, well, specifically, uh, a couple of things. One of them is, is – totally self-serving. Uh, and that is, uh, you know, I was selling, uh, you know, my team, so I'm on a Keller Williams team in Seattle and we had been selling homes for, you know, three, four, five percent over uh, asking, over the average asking price. So, you know, the market as a whole is hot, but people are selling homes at 101 percent on average and we were selling homes at 105 percent or 106 percent, whatever it was, quarter by quarter. 
we were consistently outperforming the market. And I noticed that when uh, I would go to a listing appointment, no one would ever ask me about that. No one would even, it doesn't even come up in their mind as a question to ask. Hey, and here how you much over asking about it? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, you know, it seems to me, it seemed to me then and it seems to me more now that if you want to sell your home for the most money in the least time, which I think is this intention of everyone selling a home, get me the most money in the least time, you should be asking the question of the people you're interviewing you, you're interviewing, hey, how long does it take you to sell homes and how much over asking price do you get and how does that compare to the average? And yet no one was doing this. And I thought that was a fascinating phenomenon. And um, I also, I thought two things. One is I'd like to find out what this is about. And two, I thought, well, if I could write a book, I would look really good and have a lot of credibility. And if they're not going to ask me about my performance, maybe this is something that's important to them, right? So, you know, it was self-serving right. from that perspective. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, and, you know, what I've uncovered and what I've, you know, the, the journey I've been on over the last two years and doing the research and writing this book and sitting down every morning to write for an hour has been just so enlightening and so enlivening. And, uh, you know, I can't recommend highly enough for people on this call that, you know, nothing makes the business your own more than trying to explain your philosophy to someone else, you know? First of all, you've got to develop a philosophy, and I think that mm-hmm. sets you apart in the market. You know, you, otherwise you're selling a commodity, you know? Otherwise you are, you know, you're, uh, you know, you're competing against quick and loan, you know, and they're always going to be able to do it quicker, faster, and cheaper than you. Not better than you, but certainly cheaper than you. They've got, they've got, they've got the economy of scale. So, if you, you know, for the people listening to this, you just can't compete as a commodity. You've got to find a way to separate yourself in a book and a philosophy before a book will, uh, you know, is one possible way to separate yourself. Awesome. Awesome. So let's, so, uh, you know, I think that's an interesting concept. It'd be interesting to see how many people decide to write a book. And, you know, based on our conversation before we started recording, you know, it's just, it's a very long yeah and difficult challenge, you know, to get done. And so you're, no wonder you're proud when you're finished with a book. You know, you have to be because it's yeah. so much work. Um, and, you know, and of course, never content with yourself thinking, ah, oh, I probably should have said that too, and I forgot, and it's too late oh now. And, you know, it's, yeah, it's pretty, it's it's pretty challenging emotionally. Um, so, yeah. so I want to talk about, you know, the, some of the guts that are in the book. Um, and I, I believe you can mm-hmm. tell us, you know, how many, because it's not released yet, um, but how many different blind spots you feel that there are in um, real estate? And, and again, this, this book, when it comes out, will be a great handout, uh, something to hand to our customers, certainly hand to our totally. real estate partners uh, to hopefully get to that, yeah. them to the point where they can learn. But before it comes out and while everybody's listening to this podcast, you know, what, what are some highlights of the number of blind spots that you think there are so that we can help educate our realtors and our consumers better. Mm-hmm. Well, it depends how you count the blind spots. But I, in the book, I take it apart from uh, the perspective of there's usually uh, about five, there, there, there's five different uh, cognitive biases or five different blind spots or as the behavioral, ec- econ- uh, behavioral economists call it, um, heuristics, like mental shortcuts that people take that keep them from operating rationally. So there's um, and I don't know that we're going to get into all of them because it's a little bit heady stuff. Um, but just for the sake of conversation, you know, the, we, we'll just go back to writing a book and how come that would give you the kind of credibility you would, that was someone would choose you over someone else, right? Just that one mm-hmm. phenomenon of, you know, if you occur like an authority to people, 
you know, they're more likely to use you for some, you know, a, a sale like this. Regardless of the quality of the book, regardless of any of it, you know, you show up like an authority, and that's, that's a blind spot for people because they don't know that they are consciously giving up. You know, the question that they want to ask is, is this person, you know, going to deliver to me the good service of goods that I want in the best possible way, right? So in, your, in the case of a lender, are they right. going to be able to get me, you know, the, the money I want at the best rate with the best service, you know, on time in a way that gets me the house I want? Because, you know, like I joke with my lending partners here, you know, you guys really do have the short end of the stick because there's no one who ever wakes up in the morning and thinks, man, I want a loan, you know, <laughs> people don't dream right. of having a loan that's not there. You know, you are the intermediary way more than the realtor is an intermediary. At least we deal with the thing they want, which is a house. You deal with the thing they need to get to be able to get to the thing they want. So, you know, they're not going to think of you that way. And, um, you know, but they are going to think, well, how's this person going to get me what I want? And just the act of having a book shows up for them in a diff- couple of different ways. So there's a, mental shortcut that people use called availability, right? That named availability by the people that the psychologists that identified it. And availability is a blind spot in that people don't know they're doing this. They don't know that they behave this way. But if something comes to mind easily, it's considered more important. So okay. it, without getting too in-depth in with it, you know, a couple of examples of the way that works is if you're driving down the road and you um, see a car accident over on the left, you slow down and the degree to which its gruesomeness impacts you is the, degree, is the length of time that you continue to drive more carefully. Mm-hmm. Now, the conditions of the road are absolutely no different than they were before you saw the accident. Yeah. It's just that the image of the, of the accident is fresh in your mind. It's available. The mind can recall it easily and quickly. And the mind now puts more weight on it because it can. If you're taking a longer road trip, 45 minutes, an hour down the road, you're no longer impacted the same way with having seen that accident. It's no longer the, now the conditions of the road could even have gotten worse, but you now space out, you lose a little bit because it's no longer available to you in, the way, in that way. It's why you can say time heals all wounds because while the wound is fresh in your mind, it's impactful. The degree to which it's no longer fresh in your mind is less impactful. All right, so that's availability as a shortcut, as a mental bias that people have. Now, for you and I in the business world, you know, this is something marketers have known about for years. And really what we call it in, in our business, both you and me, is, um, or you and I, is uh, staying top of mind. And right. Staying that's top the first of mind thing is I was thinking is, yeah. That's right. That's 100% a function of we know that people will succumb to availability. If we're the first person that they think of when it comes time to make a loan or buy a house, we will get the business because mm-hmm. we're the first person they think of. So leaving a book on their coffee table after you make a listing presentation for a realtor or they come into your office and you give them a copy of your book, not only do you occur as authority, but now they have something that they're never going to throw away because people don't throw away books. You know, now they keep that around you have a better shot at being the first person they think of when it comes time to borrow money or to buy a house. And therefore you're more likely to get the business because people have a tendency to operate. Like if it comes to mind easily, it's more important than thinking it thinking about it. Thinking about things is hard work. People will avoid doing it. And I cannot believe there's anyone listening to this call that would argue with me about that. Right. You know, so why do you think then that is, is the, 
uh, I'm sorry. Why why do you think that that yeah. then is a blind spot for people? Because they're they're making choices based on whoever's the easiest to reach, even yeah, if they, it's not the best. That's right. That's right. They wouldn't say they chose this person over this person because they didn't spend any time thinking about it, and that was the first person they could think of. They wouldn't naturally. They wouldn't. Ra- they don't rationally think that they're doing it. They don't think about it. Mm-hmm. You know, I get people that come into my sphere, my circle, right? Um, somehow I'm going to do business with them, and they're going to do business with one of the big banks. And you and I have already had this conversation. But you know, they're going to do. They're going to do business with the big bank, and I have to ask them, well, how did you come to the decision to use the big bank? What was the logic there? Do you know that they don't close on time? Do you know that they are? unreliable for that and you have a good chance of not getting the house you want. I mean, the Seattle market is ridiculous. And, you know, you, if you came to the table with a Wells Fargo loan or a, a you know, a big bank loan, you're not going to get the bid. You're not going to get, you're not going to win. You've got to come with someone who's going to uh-huh. close on fire. And they don't know that. That's good. They didn't investigate no, that. No, 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 no. Because they're, it's so, just, we're just top of mind. So, so how would we overcome some of that? I mean, what are some of the, I, I love this, this question you asked is how did you come to a decision to work with X? But that's, you know, as a real estate agent, you can ask that question when we're in a discussion with a client and we're asking, you know, mm-hmm. saying how, maybe the question is, how are you going to come to the decision? Because a lot of, if I ask that yeah. question, I'm sure that several of my clients would say, well, you know, I'm talking to my Navy Federal Credit Union because it's my Navy Federal Credit Union, and I'm a member, mm-hmm. and I've been a member forever. I'm USAA. How wh- how is it, or what is a good way for us to come overcome what is perceived to be an objection? Of course, it's not an, a direct mm-hmm. objection, but what is a good way for us to overcome that as lenders to help them understand this availability uh, phenomenon? Well, it's it's first of all, it's not any less. It's no longer, it's no less the case for me than it is for you because once, you know, I, I deal with it because, you know, the agent that has this, you know, the farming agent, the agent that has a farm in a neighborhood. Yeah. Oh, yeah. More they, top of mind. Once they, that's right. Once they know that person, it's really hard to overcome it, okay? You've got to get people way further up in the funnel. You've got to start educating people uh-huh. way further up in the funnel that before they make uh-huh. the decision, right? Um so if they've already made that decision, you know, it's, a li- it's way harder because they've already made the decision and now it's already entrenched. And then there's another bias called confirmation bias where once you make a decision or you have an opinion about something, you find more information that supports your view. Could not be any more clear than this election cycle than the world we're living in today. Confirmation bias is all, the, right? I mean, that's literally the whole phenomenon of the political scene in the United States today is all confirmation bias. We believe what we believe, mm-hmm. and anyone who doesn't believe what we believe is wrong, and we don't look at those facts, and we look at the facts we like, and it's just all over the place. So if someone's already made the decision, it's virtually too late, okay? What you, which is also why I wrote the book, so that I could educate people way up in the funnel. Right, And the point that you want to make with people as early as you can is, what is the most important thing to you about what, whatever service you're offering, about buying a house or getting the loan? What's the most important thing to you? Is, and then in the unsaid or in the dialogue that you have with them is going to be something like, look, is using the place that you are most familiar with the most important or is getting the loan on time the most important? What's the most important thing to you? Is it, the, is it getting quoted the best rate or getting delivered the best rate and the best service? What's the most important thing to you? And, you know, you can, you can frame it in a way that 
promotes what you're, you know, what you're good at. Um, and, you know, it's got to be authentic because, look, you know, Navy Credit, Navy Federal might be the right choice for some people. It could be the better choice for them. You don't know. So if you're inauthentically trying to skew them in doing what you want them to do, the whole thing is just, uh, you know, you and I are, you, I know you, and you and I are never going to play that game. So we're just going to have people win. But if you're authentically for people winning, then you really do have the, the permission to say, look, let's look at this. What do you need? You need to get the loan closed on time. Oh, good. What's their on-time closing rate? How often do they close on time? How often do they not? Here's yeah. what I and those are good. Those are good metrics, you know, for us to to have available for those kinds of questions, you know. And I know we're going to get into this for the real estate agent as well, but those that's a really good question for us to have. You know, um, a customer service is one thing. Um, I've talked about this mm-hmm. several times in our podcast. My company, totally. is a customer experience officer, a CXO, and so we have a higher um, net promoter score than even Nordstrom. And you know, and everybody thinks of Nordstrom as being the top, and right. we have a higher net promoter score than than um, even Nordstrom and that's that's important to us because that attracts really good talent to say you know we really are doing a great job so that's one metrics but it's interesting to have a metrics of how many times you know are you 100% on time are you 99% on time you know what what is a varying met, uh, metric metrics matrices around all of these mm-hmm. uh, different concepts of, of asking the question and so that, you know, sort of brings me, I mean, there's a couple things that you had said when we, we've talked, you know, several times. Um, and, uh, you know, one of the things that I'd like to talk about is the relationship that we have with a real estate agent in these blind spots, too. Because clients are choosing them because they like their picture, they like their name, they, you know, and but nobody's asking these deep questions. And I think that as lenders, we want to help our real estate agents be the, um, mm-hmm. prepared for what might come in the future. You know, Zillow's a big deal. Everybody wants to make sure they've got five stars and four and a half and whatever. But uh, what are some, what a, how does this relate to how we can be asking or helping our real our realtors? Uh, well, I think you want to, uh, you know, I think you would want to develop a relationship with people who were interested in educating their clients and uh, uh, providing and developing, you know, metrics that you know are the most important but possibly unknown or possibly, un, you know, like if they knew how important it was, they would ask it. You know, in other words, you know, okay. if people knew how important uh-huh. on-time closing was or the chances of it not closing on time or the mess that gets created when something doesn't close on time, uh, they might be more interested in that. But they're not, and, you know, BOA isn't going to be promoting how often they do that. They get, you know, that's, you got to educate people. So you want to find a way to have that conversation with people that leaves them empowered to make a choice. So and you want to find like realtor partners. Yeah, well, it's, it's sort of like the choice of, uh, or the, the concept that we use a lot of times is that uh, sometimes you don't know what you don't know. So we have to bring that to the top for them. Totally. That's exactly yeah. right. Okay, so. And you so say, here are the things yeah, that so you're ahead, not considering. Along. So I was going to say, you know, you yeah, can you know, uh, develop a, a way of working with your realtor partners that, you know, you know, look, I mean, one of the big things in the book is that you, sh- I say it multiple times, is that, you know, if you go to a lender first, which you should, I always recommend that people start with the lender. Um, you know, you should use the, you should at the very least interview the realtor that they recommend. 
and vice versa. If you start with a realtor, you want to use the, or at the very least interview the lender they recommend because they're not getting any money for recommending them. They're recommending them because they're going to get the deal done, and people don't know. You know, I mean, fundamentally, people are, are oblivious to the complexity and the scope of what it takes to get a household or a deal closed. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's just negligent to allow them to think that it's anything other than a million moving parts. I mean, it's, you know, that there's a, even a television commercial that's suggesting that, you know, getting a loan by a, pressing a button on your phone is somehow a desirable outcome is is crazy. That's crazy. And it's insane. That's like so uh, uh, disingenuous at best. It's just, it's, are you kidding? I, I, can't, I can't buy $75 worth of stuff on Amazon without making sure I get a return policy and there's someone to talk to and I'm going to buy a house by pressing a button on my phone. Right. That's insane. Right. That's crazy. Right. I, I, so you've right. got to educate people. Like, wait a minute, you're not rationally thinking about this. You haven't thought this through. That's not going to actually produce the result you want. That's, that is how you order pizza. <laughs> That's how you get a right, right. You can get a $7 cab ride with your phone. That makes sense. That's totally convenient. Love that. Right? Not getting a $750,000 loan by pressing a button on my phone. It's really not where you want to go. Right. So I think the question we want to be asking our clients in, in as much as what you have just mentioned about what is the most important thing for you in this process, is it, is it um, quoting the best rate or delivering the best rate on time? I think another way to change that is, you know, what's the most important um, pro- aspect of um, the loan process that we're heading in there and what kind of result are you, in, are you looking for us to produce, you know, and, and mm-hmm. kind of guiding them down to the end result, you know. So here we are. It's June 30th. Um, we're closing on that day. What, what does that look like? What does that feel like? What, what has transpired through the process to kind of get them to the result? And I know that they're not going to say, well, I want to make sure I have the best rate because two months later they don't even know what their rate is. They know what their payment is, but they don't know what the rate is. So, um, you know, getting them to the feel-good part of it kind of takes them off of the rate discussion so that we can at least uncommoditize ourselves to a certain extent in a conversation with the client. Yeah, and, it, and it, you really can't even rely on asking them what's the most. You've got to really educate them about the process because, you know, there's not only do they not know, there's now public conversations for how automatic it should be and how, mm-hmm. you know, you, you might not be necessary for you to do any thinking. You know, and people are already in the position of not wanting to do any thinking. You know, we're already, we are all unautomatic whenever we can. So you've got to take the time to really slow people down. Okay, let's think about this. Mm-hmm. And the way I always contextualize it for people is, okay, this is a singular purchase. It's not one of the most expensive things you're ever going to buy. It's not one of the most complex transactions. It's not one of the most impactful things in your life. It is the most <laughs> the. expensive thing, the singular it's the most expensive thing. It's the most, it has more pages, you're going to sign more pages at closing on this contract than almost anything else you're ever going to sign. This, you will never touch physically, physically put your body in contact with anything as often as you're going to put your body in contact with this house. 
It's going to house every single thing you love. It's going to turn into something you love. There's, you're going to sit down and write a checkup for it for 30 years, every month. This is not one of anything. This is singular. So we're going to act like this is a singular event. We're going to take this seriously. And it's got to slow people down. And I think that's a really major blind spot for people. They treat it like another transaction. And they're not empowered to slow down and really think it through. Mm-hmm. That's, that's really good. And that's, you know, that's important. And I think, you know, in this, in this era where we're all moving 100 miles an hour, um, we have to be reminded to take our foot off the gas pedal, you know, and really dig a little deeper. And I think it might just be a next, yeah. next, next next kind of mode and then complain about the fact that you are a commodity at the same time so you know it's, yeah. it's always been been a saying of ours to you know slow down to speed up and and that's what really what you're saying here is to slow down and speed up and make sure that they understand that there are some um, blind spots that they need to be aware of so that they don't encounter them through the process let's let's ad- address them in the front side so that we don't encounter them through the process and put undue stress on you. Totally. I mean, okay, you know, like so the advantage you get, the advantage you get from going through underwriting before the, you know, before the process. We're going to take the time now. We're going to put them through underwriting now. Why? So that at the end, when it comes time to write the, to get the house, it's instant. We're going to take all the time up front. Right? Like just like that. Just the advantage of doing that. Yeah. No question about it. Okay, so so we've talked about availability. So just minute, making sure I'm just sort of recapping here a little bit. So we want to make sure that mm-hmm. the client doesn't uh, just recognize that convenience is a way to make a decision, that we want to address mm-hmm. that. We also want to address what they're truly trying to get as a result, you know, of, of working with us as they're going through the process. What's another, mm-hmm. um, one of the bigger blind spots that we could be addressing as loan officers or sharing with our realtors to help them um, close more deals? Uh, well, I think, uh, let's see. Um, you know, I think if you create, I, you know, I always think the best opportunity that we have to contribute, you know, the more you give, the more you get, right? Uh-huh. No other way. I, that's how I live. You know, the more value you could, the more people you can give to yourself, what kinds of classes, events, uh, uh, opportunities can you create where people can come, get themselves educated about the process in an environment that's fun, light, you know, and creates a, a level of trust, but also leaves them with more information and more value than when they showed up. Um, you know, because I think people, you know, do you know, the number of people buying houses is, you know, rel- you know it's growing at a relatively steady pace, predictable pace. So there's, there are plenty of deals out there. The question is, are you going to be viewed as someone who contributes or as someone who's taking? And if you can create opportunities where people can contribute, uh, you know, and I would just partner up with as many, you know, agents as you can as being that go-to person that's always there to contribute, always there to, you know, make a difference always there to uh, you know with something to offer be for the resident client. expert yeah and be be the resident expert as well so so mm-hmm. um in the in the contribution piece of it uh i just want to address this with you because you're a realtor as well is when you're talking about contribution and adding value um can you give us some some uh examples of what your partner has done that has contributed um to your business 
So yeah, let's see. So a couple of things. Um, you know, one is I have I have several. I have two or three that I just consider primary uh, lending partners. Okay, and uh, one of them in particular, I live on a small island uh, off the coast of mm-hmm. Seattle. I like to tell people I live on an island in the Pacific. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, and one of the things that he and I have done is partnered up in a lot of uh, charity events. He's the head of the Rotary, and so mm-hmm. we've rented the local movie theater and opened it up to the public and showed the Super Bowl the last four years, right? So two of those were with oh, the Seahawks. Wow. And, That's excellent. Uh, yes. Yeah. You know, we had 350 people in there that, you know, now know, think, like us, I have their email addresses. We talk to them all the time. You know, and he partnered up with that with me. We donated all the money to the Rotary and their projects, and that was – so we created – and he teaches first-time home buyer classes with me, which is a program in Washington State. That is it's a, a five-hour course that's required if you're going to get down payment assistance programs. And it's I always led by a realtor. And a, yeah, so it's, it's, mm-hmm. a, it's a combo, and it's – you know, so we do that. It's an educational opportunity for people, and that's fun and a good time. And uh, so there's that. So he, he donates time, and he donates money, and, you know, we work in partnership creating community together. Okay? So that's one real way he – and then, you know, if we, any business I do on the island or he does near the island, you know, we give to each other. He's my go-to guy there. Um, I have another partner uh, who's fabulous. She is, you know, by far my go-to person for any deal that I need, you know, the 100% surety, like somewhere they were damaged in the past and they're uh-huh. sensitive to that or they came to me with their own lender and their own lender messed it up, you know, and I need someone who's just going to get it right and get it done. That's her. She doesn't really have to provide anything for me because <laughs> She's so freaking reliable. She doesn't have to give me leads. She doesn't do anything. She's just, if I throw something at her, it's going to get done in 28 days, tops, everything, every day. So that's, she's the best there. And then, uh, and then we are on the Commission's Inc. platform, and um, we have a lender partner that pays half the fee there. And, uh, you know, he gets all the leads that come off of that, and, that's a serious commitment of cash, you know, and he's, you know, he runs open houses with us and does uh, lead generation with us through the platform. So he's calling all those leads too. He's got a team of five phoners that just calls those internet leads. And uh, so we partner with him on that. And that's a huge value add for us. You know, have someone that has his own inside sales agents that just pound the phone with internet leads. That's a, Big, 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 big value add for me. Um, in addition to coughing up a lot of money a month. So um, those are three examples of different people, different values that they add to me as a realtor and things I look for. Um, mm-hmm. And frankly, if someone comes to me as, as another, you know, another lender, and I get courted by lenders all the time. Um, of course, yeah. Uh, uh, you know, mostly what I tell them is I'm set. You know, between those three people, I don't really, you know, I said, you can take me to coffee, you can take me to lunch, you're welcome to, and I'm happy to listen. But just so we're clear, I'm not in the market, you know. These guys do a fabulous right. job and have, right. So, but those are the ways in which they do a fabulous job and the things that I'm looking for, they always take care of the client. You know, they're always available. I don't have anyone on my team that doesn't work seven days a week. 
you know, I don't, you want to spend time with your family. I think that's fantastic. I do. But if I text you at nine o'clock on a Sunday night, I'm not doing it because I feel like it. <laughs> I'm doing it because the client right. needs me and I, I need right. you to respond. Right. But not every, Who can but, I bother not on a weekend? Like right. That. Exactly. Yeah. Not everyone's like that, and you don't have to be like that. And if that's not an important part of your business, that's fantastic. It doesn't have to be. I'm not telling you that's the right way to be. I'm just telling you if you want, the people that I have on my team do that, and that's the only way I would do it. Right. But it's certainly I'm not advocating it. I'm not saying it's the only way anyone should do it. I'm just saying those. Right. Are, those are the things that I think you could you could look for in terms of if I wanted to add value to a realtor. Those are the things you know: time, money, and get the job done. Right. I, you know, I, I, one, one thing that resonated with me, just the way that I operate my business, um, as opposed to you know, how you're doing it. But one of the things that you had said um, that really resonated with me was the partnership to create a community. You know, and um, that's mm -hmm. something that I talk about quite quite frequently is getting away from um, the quick pro quo. You know, I gave you a deal, you give me a deal, I gave you a good deal. Let's not, you know, go back and forth with this, but let's partner on ways that we can um, expand each other's businesses and expose each other to the marketplace so that we all can win. And um, and I think that's what you're alluding to with all of these activities and, and things, regardless mm -hmm. of money or not money, it's, it's creating that, um, create, it's expanding and exposing each other's businesses out in the community so that both of you can get more business. And I think that's super powerful. Mm -hmm. um, okay, Great. so as we kind of uh, wind, down, wind down a little bit here, um, what, would, what are some thoughts that you'd like to leave with us um, related to the book or not to your business, just on... Um, you know, some of these blind spots, and I know, I, I, and I'm asking you this question, but I'm going to ask you to answer specifically uh, the comments that you were making about real estate agents not, uh, I just can't imagine if a real estate agent went to a listing and the listing, the seller asked them, I'd like to see your last 12 months worth of transactions, that they would even be prepared or even be willing to do it. And I know this is one of the blind spots is, Choosing a realtor just because of commission, just like you do for a lender. Choosing a lender just because of rates. It's insane. It's it's absolutely insane. It's you know, it you know it's a whole bunch of different blind spots at, at once. But you know, I mean, people you know do what's easiest, and and are they, you know, I think the the thing that you want to um, thing that I try and focus on with people is. I, you know, I mean, the, uh, overcoming that objection about rates is sort of straightforward. It's relatively simple to overcome it if they bring it up. It's, listen, is the most important part to you the amount I get paid or is the most important to you the amount you get paid? Mm -hmm. And they don't really care how much I get paid. If, if the most important thing is how much they get, right? No one right. says the most important thing is you don't get a lot of money. All right, fine. Thank you. Say, and you should go find someone else. Good luck with you. Right. right. But no, the answer right. is always I know how much I get paid. Good. So if I can get you the amount you want, what do you care how much I get paid? Let's right. do it. And if I can't get you the amount you want, then we should talk about my rate. Maybe giving you back some some of my commission because I didn't because you need that. Oh, right, fine. I'd be willing to discuss that. But to pretend that someone who's you know you know one of the things I talk about in the book particularly is what people don't think about. And again, it's just not thought through. It's our job to educate people. But what does a discount mean? And you guys can definitely talk about this in, you know, with big banks it's sort of simple because big banks don't compete on service. They, they're not getting business because people are recommending them. 
They don't need mm-hmm. to. They're right. getting business right. because, you, because of availability and because representativeness, which is another blind spot. But representativeness is the, way, the degree to which something looks like you think it's supposed to. And, mm-hmm. you know, uh, banks is, in fact, as, it can't be any more representative of that where, uh, as a place you go get money. I mean, it is the very definition of where you will get money. So if your representativeness would indicate banks would be the best place to get money because that's where you go get money is in a bank, right? Um, you guys even refer to yourself sometimes as a bank. I'm sure there's, you know, the lender bank um, shows up as synonymous for a lot of buyers. Um, right. So you're, but, the, but the idea is really, listen, what does a discount mean? What does it mean to get a discount anywhere, at Costco, at Amazon, anywhere in business? A discount either means... Uh, the, they're going to make it up on volume. They're giving you a better price because they know they can sell more of it, and or it's a loss leader of some kind. They're going to make it up somewhere. People don't give you discounts because they're nice. They give discounts because they cut corners somewhere. They don't deliver the same kind of stuff, something, right? They're going to make it up somewhere. Or the second reason people give discounts is because they're just fundamentally unable to charge full price for what they sell. The market has mm-hmm. said, we won't pay full price for what you sell. We only buy that at a discount. The market has spoken, right? And you've got to decide if that's because, look, if that person, for me, if I'm going up against a registered agent or a discount broker, I just, all I have to do is ask the client, listen, if that person could and get 3%, do you not think they would ask for it? Right. They, they if they could, they'd get it. They just can't get it. Yeah. Why? Because they don't do the work. Yeah. They're not going to do all the things I'm going to do to get you your money. They don't, right. They're not set up that right. way. That's not their deal. They're a discount service. That's, the market mm-hmm. won't pay full price for what they offer. But that's, yeah. you know, so I think, again, it's just you know, ed- several layers down in, you know, so this is your price, and, but what are you going to do for that price? Help me understand what, what sure. that is going to look like. Just, like. just like in lending, you know, what, what is that going to look like? If I go with you, you know, are you going to be available? Are you going to, um, you know, have team members that are rock stars? Are you going to close on time? You know, what's your percentage? Demonstrate it and show it. Okay, great, great. So what would you like to leave us with today? If you could give us um, one, well, one big tip or anything else, what would you like to leave us with? Uh, you know, I think it's the theme of everything we've talked about is I would just leave people with, you know, have an authentic interest in being a contribution to the people you have the opportunity to serve. You know, educate them, advocate for them. Don't, you know, you're not there to advocate for yourself. You're there to advocate for them. And whatever, if they make the best call for themselves, and that's not you, then change your business model till then right. making the best call for them is you, you know, but only advocate for the people that we get to serve and everything else should work itself out. Right, right. That's, that's very interesting. Yeah, it is because, we, you know, we're always looking at trying to uh, savor our relation, I mean, our uh, reputation with our referral partners. And, um, mm-hmm. and if we are trying to, create a great relationship, and I do this too, but a great relationship with our clients so that we have referral business, it's really not seen as a team effort to advocate for them. It's I'm advocating, mm-hmm. and I hope the realtor's advocating. It seems like they are. Uh, hopefully together we are, but really having that conversation that is about ad- advocation you know, to the client and serving their needs before ours as a team. So I love how I love yeah. how you say that. Okay, so if someone has uh, questions about your book, 
And I know it's not quite out yet, um, but they have questions about your book. Where can we find um, some information um, with some of your thoughts as you're pulling everything together? Because I know you're working on quite a few uh, outreach projects right now. Yeah, I think, thank you. I think the best way um, uh, for um, people to get a hold of me is the easiest, the simplest way is they can get a copy of my first book, just sign up on my mailing list. It'll, you can download the first book. And that would be found at uh, don'tgetfooledagainbook.com. And they can just register on that site. We'll get a download of my current book and, and then some tips. And that really is an ebook, about 30, 40 pages. And, you know, it's useful just in terms of whatever you could use it for in, in educating yourself on questions. You might be able to modify those questions to be questions that you want your clients to be asking, you know, to position yourself as someone who you know, again, as their advocate. And then everyone would, and then once you get on that list, you'll be getting, uh, you know, an occasional email from me, including updates as to when this next book is out. And um, uh, you can then get a free copy of this book because I'm still, before I go release it to the public on sale, I want to get as many people reading it to give me their feedback possible. So if there's anything I need to adjust and then obviously get ready for a whole lot of online reviews and things like that before we put it live on Amazon. So just right. building that. That's so if anyone wants a copy, the best yeah. Go listen. Yeah. Go, I mean, go read it. Go read it and give some feedback on it, it and, and be able to get it free when the time comes. Yeah, that's excellent. That's absolutely excellent. Yeah. Well, again, I, you know, I want to thank you so much, Erin. Uh, I, I think it's just a different twist on everything, and, and you know, we as lenders need to get every ounce of education that we can to improve ourselves and be you know, continuous lo losers, learners, um, to be continuous learners. And um, you know, I appreciate that there are some blind spots that we can help identify uh, to help our business grow, but also to help the consumer. And um, it's just been great having you on, on our show and um, hope you enjoyed it as well. Well, Jennifer, I really appreciate it, and I did enjoy it, and I'd love to talk to anyone who's got any questions about it, and, uh, you know, I've always, always loved the opportunity to talk with you, so thank you. Sounds good. Okay, so a reminder, everybody, please go to iTunes and write a review. Um, keep, those, keep those going. It keeps my uh, podcast up on, on the top list there, and, of course, I want to continue to do that. Uh, if you have any subject matter that you would like to talk about, any topics, please feel free to leave those there in the reviews or email me directly at jen at kineticsparkconsulting.com. And just a reminder, I'm a 1N Jen, so J-E-N at kineticsparkconsulting.com, and we will see you next time on Mortgage Lending Mastery. Thank you for listening to Mortgage Lending Mastery. If you liked what you heard, please drop by iTunes and leave a comment or rating. Get more free email updates, transcripts, selling and education resources, and Jen's upcoming speaking events. Just visit our website at kineticsparkconsulting.com. <laughs>